Welcome to ESMO Open Podcasts. Today, we welcome Professor Eric Tartu to talk with us on new therapeutic targets in the inflammatory microenvironment. So to get started, can you explain us a little bit what is the main site of action for PD-1 and CTLA-4 antibodies? Is it the, rather the lymph node or the tumor site? It is uh, hypothesized that the anti-PD-1, PDL-1 antibodies block the interaction in the peripheral, and the anti-CTLA-4 is rather in the lymph nodes. But in fact, if you focus on the ligands of PD-1 and CTLA-4, the ligand of PD-1 is PDL-1 and PDL-2, and they are expressed on tumor cells and on many uh, cells in the peripheral, while the ligand for CTLA-4 which are CD80 and CD86, are rather expressed on antigen-presenting cells and not on tumor cells, which explains that the anti-CTLR4 did not block directly the, the... did not inhibit the interaction between tumor and the T cells. In terms of mechanism of action, the two... Uh, blockades also differ because CTLR4 could also target the regulatory T cells, and the anti-PD-1 could target both T cells, but also macrophage and also B cells. So both the sites of the action and also the target cells are different. Thank you for that explanation. So seeing that PD-1 and CTLR4 antibodies are a huge success in oncology, are there any other immune checkpoint inhibitors currently under investigation? How do they differ from PD-1 and CTLR4 antibodies? So there are many inhibitory receptors, but there are also um, costimulatory molecules which could be targeted by antibodies. So we have both costimulatory positive and costimulatory negative signal. In terms of other inhibitory receptors, there are TIM3, LAC3, TIGIT. If we select, for example, TIM3, TIM3 is, in general, always co-expressed with a PD-1. So that means that if you administer the anti-TIM3 alone, I think that it will not work because you have to block both PD-1 and TIM3 because it is to co-expressed. Uh, so the, the mode of uh, the design of administration of over inhibitory receptor has to take into account this uh, mandatory co-expression with the PD-1. For team 3 for example, there is also over-target like macrophage and also innate immune cells, which has not been analyzed with PD-1. So it seems that the dominant inhibitory receptor is the interaction PD-1 and PD-L1, and the other one, such as team 3 and LAC3, will have to be combined with the blockade of PD-L1. You already mentioned other immune cells besides T cells, like macrophages and NK cells. Um, so are they also targetable in the inflammatory microenvironment for, for therapeutic purposes? It has to be known that in the tumor microenvironment, the macrophage represents the majority cells. It is a 
very uh, highly infiltrated cells in the tumors. But up until now, we have, in preclinical model, we have evidence that targeting macrophage may have some clinical impact. But in human, there are many scenarios and molecules uh, which have been developed, but it is a failure. I think that the, the next goal will be to reverse the suppressive activity of macrophage to allow an activation of the T cells. It, is, uh, it may be hypothesized that the macrophage, the immunosuppressive macrophage or MDSC or myeloid cells block the activity of T cells. And that if we have some success to unleash the suppressive activity of macrophage, we could enhance adaptive immunity. For NK cells, we have just a recent uh, clinical trial showing that uh, anti-care molecules which target NK cells, inhibitory receptors of NK cells, may have some clinical impact in combination with anti-PD-1 in head and neck cancer, for example. So this inhibitory receptor may extend beyond the T cells. So what do you think will be actually the future in immunomodulating therapies? Will they, they combine with each other? So now the, the blockade of PD-1, PD-L1 works in 20, 25% of the patients. So to overcome this resistance, there are more than uh, 500 clinical trials of combined therapy. I think that the analysis of tumor microenvironment should guide this combination. And it is clear that from one tumor to another, this microenvironment is very different. There are some desert microenvironment without immune cells. We have microenvironment with many immunosuppressives and myeloid cells. So I think that to have some success in these combinations, we have to rationally guide. There is some example in um, renal cell carcinoma in which we have many CD8 T cells infiltrating these tumors, but the CD8 has no good prognostic, likely because they are surrounded by many immunosuppressive cells. So in that case, it may be worth to combine anti-PD-1 or anti-PD-L1 with anti-androgenic molecules to decrease this uh, immunosuppressive microenvironment. It is just an example, but we could validate it to other indications. And we have also to combine uh, immunotherapy with complementary action, such as anti-PD-1, anti-CTL4, but also many other combinations uh, with uh, anti-PD-1. Thank you so much, Professor Tertudu, for giving us this comprehensive um, overview. And for all of you who are more interested in immunotherapy and oncology, look at the ESMA Open homepage for some comprehensive reviews targeting these topics. Thank you and goodbye.